Hello and welcome to the Chip Away podcast. My name's Adam and I talk with passionate construction professionals and try to chip away at what it is to build, create and shape the landscape we live in. My guest for this episode is Nick Moore. This episode is number two in a series I'm entitling The Path, where we follow Nick on his journey to become a carpenter. Currently, Nick is about six months into his carpentry apprenticeship. Last time I caught up with him, he was about two weeks in. So on this episode, we fill in the gaps. He's learned a lot. He's had a lot of fun. His lifestyle has changed. He's got a few good tips. This was a really interesting yarn, actually, and a great one to kick off the year. So here we go. Part two of The Path with Nick Moore. Nick, thanks for coming back on the podcast, man. This is part two of a conversation that we're having ongoing, hopefully, about your journey and your carpentry apprenticeship. How's it been since we last caught up, man? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks again for choosing me to be part of your like apprentice follow apprentice podcast chats. So it's been yeah, it's, we've actually yeah uh, been six months, pretty much almost to the day since we last chatted. Uh, we first originally talked, I think it was a week and a half in. So mm. now I'm six months in, and yeah, definitely looking back at where I was then and where I am now is just been yeah complete eye-opener of things that i've done things that i've seen things that i've learned and yeah just been six six months since we caught up if you were to project yourself into the future when we first spoke about where you'd be at in six months time do you feel like you're there are you surprised at how much you've been able to gain in terms of just knowledge of carpentry in these last six months yeah i think going into it like when I first went into it, I kind of definitely open-minded and I wasn't really too sure what to expect because I'd, I'd heard it. I know other mates have been through an apprenticeship and I think they've, they'd done these 10, 15 years ago, so it's completely different now. Mm. I think, yeah, I'm not too sure. I definitely think I've learned more than what I expected I would learn. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many tips and tricks and even just general um, carpentry like I was looking at a plan last week and it just come kind of came to me that I originally thought when you get a plan from an architect that it was like like a lego plan you'd they told you everything so it's kind of like right this is the wall and there'd be a picture of a wall how to build it where the studs are and stuff like that but it's kind of kind of you look at the plan and you go like especially watching the builders now they go right so there's the doorway uh, 1.2 meters from the wall we're going to put that there and you just basically fill in the gaps with your general knowledge of carpentry which is quite cool so there's definitely a way more to learn uh, and way more to try and take in than what I thought mm. Mm. especially like engineering kind of like yeah you look at a plan and the engineering stuff's like all there like uh, ripped out a wall needed to, needed to put in a beam so I was kind of yep there's your quad studs at the end, the other side's got three. It kind of showed them where they went, where the bolts went and stuff like that. But kind of everything else, else kind of free game, kind of <laughs> up to the builder to know what they're doing and how to do it, which is quite quite interesting, I mm. think. It's kind of, yeah, there's a lot to learn. And especially to like for me to 
um, be put in a situation where I'm sure it'll be many, many years away, but like, right, here's your job. Got rip out these few walls, put these walls in, do this, do that, put a skylight in. I think it'd take yeah a wee while for me to get the courage up to back myself to do that kind of stuff. But I mean, I'm only early days now, but yeah, it's definitely interesting to see that that kind of thing. Yeah, that is that's a good observation. That that's sort of to me that's kind of the art of building. It's like threading the needle between all the details and all the drawings and all the specifications and putting all that stuff together and making something physical out of it. And yeah, especially perhaps in like a renovation situation where they can draw one detail, but they don't know what's going on behind the walls. Uh, can mm. be anything going on. It's up to you to figure out how to best um, interpret their plan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's a big thing. Eh? Reading plans. That's that's a that's a massive tip. I would say for for apprentices, if you want to be a good builder, just learning to um, interpret plans. Because the more you tie, the more time you spend with a plan, uh, you kind of learn not only what these details will result in, but you learn to try and speak the language of the architects and the engineers to figure out where the headspace was when they were making the decisions of why they would design it that way, you know, mm. instead of really just, just looking at something and saying, okay, turn that into this. If you can put your mind into why did they come to that decision, you know, especially I think more so like structurally uh, is where builders are best able to interpret, you know, you can't really um, debate like a subjective architectural choice of whatever it may be like a pitch of a roof or a material selection or the way that they angle a wall that's just by the by but i think if you especially engineering drawings if you can interpret them yeah good on you i know i've found that pretty hard in my um new position having to interpret more intense plans i'm from like a mostly high-end residential background and now i'm doing bigger commercial structures and like the structural steel drawings that will get sent out from the engineers are just like unlike anything i'd ever seen before um and mm. it was it's really intense where you're trying to set out like um your threaded bolts to place in the floor slab and you know that you've got only a few mills to play with because there's going to be these huge steel portals landing exactly where they need to be and if you muck it up uh yeah yeah epoxying and threaded rod is not ideal uh <laughs> that's for sure but no um, no but yeah anyway tangent um so yeah great i mean what generally what have you been up to in terms of your work the type of work that you've been doing in the last six months yeah so when when i first started or when we um chatted for this podcast i just started uh it was a car deck that went out on a 45 degree bank and so there'd been um a big six meter wide uh, beam poured and so yeah I came in and got the they were just putting in the floor joists on the bottom and yeah it's kind of an eye-opener for that and then I think I remember saying as well that the frame I was surprised at how fast frames framing went up mm. so that's where we kind of left off and yeah there was to put the frames on and then we had the um, actual uh, joist for the car deck itself running across the top of that and so yeah just trying to figure everything out like I, was, I think I, I don't know if I was getting annoyance, like annoying the guy. I was asking so many questions, like why are we doing this? What's this called? Why is why is that there? And then also seeing him, 
like plan for the future. Mm. So he'd, I'd, I was like, kind of like, he'd do something, and I'd be like, oh, I wonder what that's for. And then maybe like a month or six weeks later, he'd be like, so I I um, spaced these floor joists out because we've got these like kind of like kind of like L beams for the side of the car deck that went around the perimeter, and so he'd he'd mark them all out. Yeah, like month before and then when it came to putting them in they all lined up perfect and i was just like oh man you've really got to think in the future because if you don't think what's the next step or what's going to be going in here you could really balls up Mm. so it was quite quite interesting doing that so that was kind of a slow definitely a um, dragged out project there were a few things that we had to wait for the galvanizing for those l brackets um the waterproof guy came end of winter. It was he said no, he needed a couple of days of dry weather for the ply to or to dry out before he could waterproof. Mm. It'd be like the second day, and then the rain would hit again. So it was kind of we got dragged off to other little projects. Um, I think from there I went on to almost full renovation of a nineteen twenties house. So it had been it was the classic nineteen um, twenties house that had been done bathroom and kitchen had been renovated in the uh, 70s and 80s so you'd go in there and be like oh yep um, rip out all the old stuff like the lining what was quite cool with that house is we ripped off the old lining and it, was, it had come from Quebec and Canada hmm. and the wiring had come from um, the UK so it was quite cool to rip stuff off you see the old signage from yeah it was in English and French from Quebec hmm. and all the wiring was still had the old um the old tag on it from the manufacturer in the UK and it was all in like um, metal piping and all that mm. kind of stuff. I was like, wow, this is how they did it in the back in the day. That's quite cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Learned how to straighten walls um, and all that kind of stuff in there and like mat- um, matching up new framing to old framing and all that um, bathroom, how bathrooms are set out, how, how important, yeah, the most important thing I've learned is plumb level and straight. Mm. How important that is. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't get a wall plumb or straight, it just yeah, it can make putting in doors an absolute nightmare. Like we yeah, at the moment we're on a um, a new build. It's uh, with SIPS panels. Yep. If you've heard yep. about them, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So we're doing those, and yeah, they they swell. In the um, when it rains and they shrink back in, but they don't shrink um, to where they were originally. But yeah, um, so over Christmas, New Year, uh, just after New Year, I came back early before everyone else started, and me and my mate did the internal framing. But he didn't have a he didn't have a laser. He was going to buy a laser, but nowhere was open. And yeah, well, so we're doing all the internal framing with uh, a two point four straight edge and level, and we're like, yep, yeah, we're strung everything out, string lines to top, bottom plate, um, do all the studs. And then, yeah, when the guy came back and took over from him and we had the, he's like, oh, yeah, we'll get my laser out. And, yeah, just seeing how five mil out of um, plum, even though I thought five mil is not that much, that's not going to do much. When you came to putting the internal doors in, he's like, oh, man, see how you've got two mil at the bottom, it's plum at the top. And I was like, oh, so what, what, what would you do there? And he was saying, like, oh, you can kind of find a, the middle ground of it or you can straighten the wall and stuff like that. And even, like, I found out, yeah, how you 
tell a right door from a left door. I thought I never knew that kind of stuff, never even thought about it. But yeah, he's like, no, no, it's where the hinges are. If they're on the right, when you can see them, that's a right hung, right hung door. And I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. So mm -hmm. still on that project now, Sips House. Uh, I think we're just about, we've got the pre-line today and we're just about to start jibbing. And so, yeah, like um, I've taken photos of the framing so that can be um, put in my work diary for BCRTO. Um, yeah, starting to jib tomorrow, um, finishing off the fire, firewall, and yeah, definitely taking a lot of photos and nice. every day writing down what I've done, what I've learned. Even today, I learned a wee trick that um, just before we're jibbing, we had a quick demolition of a kitchen and it had a stainless steel bench top and it was obviously massive. It was welded in and I was like, me and the other apprentice are like, oh, we're going to have to get the grinder out. And the guy's like, we are not getting a grinder out inside a house. Like, this place, people are still living in here. And we're like, mm. how else would you, you're not going to bend it over? Like, it's all stuck. And he goes, watch this. And he grabbed his chisel out and ran it across, like hammered it across, mm. across the thing. And it just like split apart, like, like the waters were separating. I was just like, what? I never thought using a chisel would um, smack open a stainless steel bench top. So it's quite... Yeah. There's so many, like, there's literally the saying where you say you, um, you learn something new every day, mm. especially as an apprentice on a building site. It's true, definitely true. Every day you learn something new. So it's quite, quite interesting. And then, um, yeah, talking to my boss uh, the other day, I think we've got more, definitely more new builds than Renaults this year, but there's all sorts of little, little um, Renaults of kitchens and bathrooms in the mix but i think yeah there's definitely going to be um a big variety of stuff to do this year which is quite cool so yeah. the future for this year is looking quite bright for definitely learning and um getting new skills underneath me awesome yeah having a good balance of new and old work is um is really vital when you're an apprentice so you really want to have a i i think in, in my opinion anyway you, your apprenticeship is all about being kind of not amazing at anything but being capable to do a lot of different things uh and then as you become a professional you can kind of choose where you want to specialize in a little bit more and what work perhaps you know takes your fancy or what you find you are better at or what pays more money uh, but yep. yeah it is cool when you get that experience because like you know you talk about plum level and straight and in an ideal world that's what you go for but when you go into a lot of um renovations and old houses if you try to put everything in plum like a, even hanging a door in an old house if you try to put it in dead plum the wall might be well out of plum and there's no way you're ever going to bring that wall back you know so you kind of you really go for the straight and almost sometimes visual and you learn how to hang doors on a wall that's like five mil out of plum like you say and you, you make it work and uh yeah that's quite handy to have other than just going into a house a brand new one that everything's like laser inch perfect and it's fun to learn how to do that but you probably well maybe you come unstuck on a on a reno because you can just get your flash laser out and try and do everything awesome when the house is like <laughs> on the lane yeah. you know it can yeah happen. yeah I, I can imagine especially in wellington how's it how's it yeah. been um an apprentice in wellington with the you guys have a uh, i guess if no one's quite familiar with building in wellington i'm not really myself but i know it's a pretty hilly place and there's a lot of building that goes out on the hill so how's that yeah. been 
building building hill building it's quite it's quite fun multi-level sort of stuff yeah this like that um car deck was definitely um the first first um build on the side of a hill so it was definitely uh interesting when you're just beginning and you need to be there's no scaffold there and you've got to like dig your own steps up the side of the hill because that's your only access up or down and um yeah you clambering constantly clambering up and down like got your tool belt on got your levels and you're trying to like use your level as a bit of a stick to um get up the hill but um i think yeah sometimes i look at some houses and i'm like why on earth are they building that on the side of a sheer almost drop mm. there's um if you're from wellington you probably know the houses when you Traveling down the motorway, uh, Stale went into town, um, past the ferry, you go past the ferry terminal, you look to your right on the hill, and there's two townhouses that are just basically on what look like 100 by 100 posts, like, and there's only about four of them, probably five meters apart, and only that's all that's holding up this front of the house. And I'm like, I like, I'm always wondering, like, why? Oh, I'll never live in there. Like, that first thing in an earthquake that's going to come down. So, Definitely, yeah, building a one is quite a challenge. We are running out of flat land, I reckon. There's there's definitely a few developments in the hut and in the northern suburbs that are kind of slowly getting into the last bit of farmland. But there's definitely some of these architectural houses on the side of hills are just there must be a lot of engineering that goes into it. Eh? And there's massive poles. Like the guy, the client that we're doing these houses for now, um, on my street at the end of my street actually he's go oh i've got another um place there and i'm thinking about um doing one on the side of that in front of his um house that he already owns he goes oh it's pretty pretty sheer drop and i was like oh, hey, what's the ground like he goes oh it's pretty much when they did that house that just bowled the dirt over and left it there so he goes oh there's probably like a good three four meters of overburdened to get through before you're hitting the rock I was like, oh man, that just sounds like a like a nightmare. Even the other car deck that I wasn't on, but the other boys were on was in Arrow Valley. And it was literally 40, 50, probably a 55 meter, a 55 degree drop. And um, yeah, it was actually quite interesting because they went, they had to drill some piles. And so they had um, yeah, the excavator with the auger on it. And I was kind of like, kind of itching to get there and be like oh this is my kind of thing i love this stuff this is where i came from yeah i never got to go see it but yeah so i drilled down and i was just like kind of like knew it was in a little valley and i was like oh man they're gonna really struggle there and so they did drill the piles down put them in and then we managed to um, build the cage and then they had to get the excavator back in and um drill some anchors underneath the road and i was like oh i kind of know what kind of ground they're going to go in but yeah, like people thought, a few of my mates had um, driven past and were like, why do people build on like the side of absolutely nothing? Like I think the front piles of this car deck are only five metres off the footpath, but they're 10 metres, there's 10 metres drop, something like that, or maybe yeah. eight metre drop. So it's definitely, yeah, five metres out, eight, nine metres down is quite a big and yeah, I went away for a, a good two months, came back and just seen these massive, they're like bigger than telephone um, or power poles, like huge things sticking out of the ground. I was just like, man, we people will pay a lot of money for um, just a car deck 
just to park their um, cars off the side of this off, off the road, eh? So it's definitely, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and in Wellington, and especially with all the fault lines and earthquakes and the springs that come out of everywhere, like coming from the drilling background in Wellington and seeing some pretty shocking ground, mm. um, I'm surprised that, yeah, there's uh, houses going up where there's houses going up. So it's like, yeah, it's definitely, and the wind as well in Wellington. Oh, just like you're trying to building wrap, wrap a house and the wind's just howling through. And, or even <laughs> the other day we're putting um, purlins on a roof and me and the other guy were just almost screaming with like, just just go away wind, just, just <laughs> stop, all right? And you know that there's a whole week of it. Yeah. And then, yeah, but it's not only me and the boat, even on Instagram I see it's quite cool seeing people post up like I don't know these people um never met them but I see them posting up pictures on Instagram and I'll know exactly which area they're in uh, yeah so I think there's there's one person over in Woodridge um there's another one in point 360 which is like the next suburb over from me and like I literally like I know those trees I know that hill behind them so I know there's definitely a lot of other um uh apprentices and builders out there that's in the same situation as me so I think everyone kind of you can complain about Wellington being windy and hilly, but everyone just gets on with the job, which is quite cool. But it's definitely it'd be cool to know how other people in other cities get on with like um, being it being flat or being cold or being hot, and like it'd be cool to yeah go to another city just to experience what building is like in those cities yeah, or meet definitely. those people and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I always, yeah. Um, I mean, even overseas, you always see, speaking of Instagram, those people who build up and like way up in North Canada and it's just like mountains of snow everywhere and they're out there framing. It's like, man, a different skill set, eh? Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so what's the, what do you feel like, what have you What have you got down or what do you feel like you're, you've learnt quite well in the last six months is there anything that you feel a bit more comfortable like even just how you handle your hand tools or um you know reading plans a little bit better or anything like that that you feel like oh yeah I, I, you can see some obvious progress in particularly um definitely think like knowledge of tools is definitely one of them so like doing renos on my house i kind of had a basic knowledge but definitely like when i first um started before i had my speed square trying to cut along a line it was all over the place eh? like yeah you're cutting you go start a bit you come back and you re readjust it so um kind of yeah definitely better at freehand cutting um nail guns i've never really used a nail gun before so i'm pretty confident with those but i'm still i don't know like i see people putting in dwangs and I just can't, if it's not tight, if it's a little bit loose, mine just goes all over the place, eh? Mm. Like, you, you shoot, yeah, you put a dwang and you shoot it from the um, the back side of the stud, but then the other one, the other side, you've got to try and either go up or down or to the side, and every time I shoot, um, it always ends up five mil the opposite direction, so I'm trying to, yeah, um, watching people do that and being like, how do you do that? Like, why do they make things like that look so easy? Like we've got a guy that can jib so quick. He just cuts, he like measures it, cuts it, slaps it up. Whereas Damn. me, I'm measuring. I go back, 
I'd mark it, I'd go back and measure to make sure I didn't stuff it up and go back and I'll cut it and stuff. So it's kind of, I think, definitely general knowledge of um, probably, yeah, I think the one thing I've mostly learned is just general knowledge of what's going on. Mm. So I remember my first couple of weeks, I had no idea about anything. I was just like, what's this called? What's that called? Why does it go there? But definitely coming onto a site now, I'm like, yep, turn up, right, get the get the um, droppy out and the table saw and stuff and kind of like, yep, okay, so we did this yesterday. So today we'll be doing this. So um, the timber, I'll unwrap the timber, make sure we've got enough, like get all the sticks out and like, yeah, it's kind of, um, especially the builders, they can be like, yep, sweet, we're going to do this. Um, so if you can start on this, like can you cut a few studs at this length? Yep, sweet. And they can kind of know that I'll come back um, with the correct stud, the correct length, and know that I'm not going to cut my hand off. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that, yeah. That's Especially, cool. yeah, my first time with the table saw, the guy was a bit nervous because I said, oh, I've never used one of these. He's like, oh, God, okay, I'll, I'll give you a good rundown because this is probably the, one of the most dangerous tools on site. Yeah. Apart from a nail gun, I think. Yeah, I've definitely seen over the last six months a few posts on Instagram of some people with the odd nail through their fingers so it's definitely a, uh, a common yeah. thing oh have you not shot yourself yet with a gun no oh I man it's, to keep it's, it that it, way but oh, no it's coming it's coming out of the darkness <laughs> for you i guarantee it I yeah, yeah yeah i've only, I've only done it uh, i've only done it once when i was an apprentice after nailing a pearl and and um i just was going for it shot straight into a knot and it just came back up at me and went through the webbing in my between my thumb and my index finger <laughs> straight through clean yeah I've, that was wasn't too bad uh but yeah nah. I've, I've seen some pretty gnarly ones <laughs> yeah i've noticed that hey eh? sometimes you shoot a nail and then the angles that it, they come out on now eh? you're like that thing's turned like 100 degrees and come back out like, yeah. i didn't i never thought that and so sometimes when i'm holding something I'll, I'll double check. I'm like, right, where's my hand? And can the nail, is it, is it a hundred mil away at least from yeah. where the nail's going in? Yeah, good call. Yeah, I'm sure it'll get complacent. I'll get complacent and fingers crossed nothing will happen. Nah, but nah, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I'm, yeah. just, I'm only joking. I've, <laughs> I've had worse injuries in drilling. So oh, true. Now through, and now through the finger wouldn't be the first time um, anything's gone through the finger. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Um, yeah, man. Um, yeah, nail gun, table saw as well. Even even now, um, when you get good at a table saw, you can get complacent. Eh? Like I'm sure you probably see maybe there's videos of guys doing it, but when you come to doing a weatherboard house and you're doing the scribers, and there's a real quick way to do it on the table saw that's a bit naughty where you don't have the guard on and you get real nice up close and personal to that blade. Mm. Uh, and and I work with a guy who does like linear uh which is yeah uh, uh, horizontal you know weatherboard uh yeah. cladding or siding if you're from north america and um yeah that's how they do it they don't even use jigsaws just everything's on the table or they'll cross cut back with the jigsaw but yeah they get real real close <laughs> yeah my my first um scriber the guy was just like now usually we do these on the table saw, but today you're using the jigsaw, and I was like, "Yep, yeah. that's fair enough. I don't mind doing that at all." Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I would, eh? Yeah, definitely. 
It, yeah, I still don't like uh, table saws. I think my least favorite tool is probably the grinder, though. Uh, I just grinders give me the shits. Excuse me. Yeah. Friend. But especially just the real big daddy pay me now huge like grinders. They're big, yeah, those big knowledge oh, yeah. grinders. Eh? Yeah, they're yeah. intense. I've just seen or heard of too many nasty things. Yeah. But um, anyway, don't want to scare too many apprentices. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. So you're getting, yeah, I, I think um, just to end that tangent, it sounds like you're getting a better knowledge of just the general idea of what's happening on a site, which is pretty handy. And I think that's important because um, to try and have as wide a perspective and like you say, plan or think about the future, like you said, that builder kind of did that and quite impressed you or you noticed that he did that because um yeah that, that's what you're going to have to do when you're when you're a builder so it's it's best to train like that as early as you can but it's hard because when you're an apprentice you're so focused on learning a little task in front of you and you want to you want to master it you know that you'll go to work and you're just thinking about that one wall but there's a whole reason why you're doing that small task and it, it helps to be able to link everything together and realize, oh, this is why I'm doing this today or this is why we need to, you know, get this mint and have this really perfect, whereas this we can get, a, not like fudge or get away with. But, you know, one thing that I struggled with was an apprentice was I was real anal and I really liked the finishing side of it and I'd like to get everything bang on and I'd just like, waste time by doing that on tasks where it's all hidden and behind a wall and it's very much structural and as long as it's it doesn't have to look pretty it just has to do the job you know and you find that as an apprentice you try and nail those tasks real perfectly where uh you don't need to you got to kind of pick and choose your battles in terms of where you devote full finishing work not because you're like i can be rough here and good here it's just that oh, this doesn't have to be super pretty because no one's ever going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big one for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I see some day, some mornings I'm like, I think the other week um, some guys are like, oh, quickly um, just build a little war in there for the um, Sparky to put his switchboard in there. And like I did it and then it was Smoker and I was just like, oh, man, like I really need to um, yeah, pick my times to be picky on what I'm doing and mm. other times to be real quick because I was just like I was kind of like oh all that is bottom top plate um and the two studs up the side I was just like oh man that re I really should have done that quick I shouldn't have really been millimeter perfect with everything I didn't need to be but I think it's just in my nature that I want to get everything perfect yes like I want everything to be so I can stand back and be like yep I'm happy with that and not just like whack it in there and Especially, yeah, some of the stuff you see, you like um, from other uh, doing renos from other builders years ago that you rip open a wall and you're like, why is that um, gap there? And they're like, oh, they would have just chucked it in there. And I'm just like, I don't want to be that person that in 30 years' time when they come to do, doing the reno again, they go, why is that there? Why is that like that? Why did this person do that? So I think it's one thing, yeah, it'll probably come over time, speed, but I definitely, yeah. yeah um, want to get faster and need to learn there's definitely tricks and tips to getting faster but I think that'll just come over time oh yeah totally that's what it, do it does do that you know when you're first an apprentice um, in your first few years that you should be kind of focused on getting everything bang on just because you're getting your eye in and you're developing that skill and then you'll just get quicker and quicker 
and the more you learn about the build process you know what to you know how to pick and choose your battles or you know how to be real quick at the things that matter um which is yeah important but how's the talk about the practical side of it how's the paperwork been so far i mean you've been you know um working full-time in other another industry before this um is it something kind of different having to come home and you know do book work that's related to the job um yeah in a way it is in a way it isn't like um coming from drilling um if i didn't do my daily log uh, at at um, the yard i'd come home and quickly do it there's nothing like what we're doing now but it's kind of like um, seven to eight o'clock transit site eight o'clock to eight thirty set up kind of thing and then a basic ball log whereas here it's kind of um today I'm, well, I'm trying to keep in a routine of like today i did um interior framing um st- stud centers at 600 because it's a non well that no, it's probably more like studs at 400 because it's a load bearing wall um mm-hmm. dwangs at 8 16 stuff like that so it's kind of the yeah, writing down what i did and like today i haven't actually done one for today i should have done it um so like i'll put in that thing that i learned with the chisel um breaking off um that stainless steel bench top i'll put that in there just because it's like that's a cool trick mm-hmm. to know um yeah and then coming from um drilling foreman it was mainly like um writing making sure that everyone had got their logs in then writing down quick notes about how the day went and writing who's um where tomorrow so it's definitely um a bit different and yeah i had my second site visit uh i think it was two weeks ago and yeah the guy was he actually um he's come from a uh, commercial background and he, he had done a big job in town in wellington and he actually had my old company and they're doing um uh, some strengthening of a wall behind this big building that they were doing so he actually knows the guys that i worked with and he's kind of like oh yep um i actually know wh- exactly where what background you've come from and what you guys did and what you've done so it's kind of cool to have a guy bcrto um person that knows exactly where i've come from because it's mm. kind of one of the things i was worried about is be like oh i'm a driller and they'll be like oh okay well, i have no idea what that is i've never um never come across the industry so but for him to know where i've come from he's like oh i can tell just in the first meeting he's like i can tell you're actually going to go quite far to come from drilling where it's quite complicated um, you need to think on the spot because you can't actually see what you're doing. Everything's on the ground. Um, he's like, you're going to come. I think you're going to do pretty well. And then the last meeting, I showed him all my paperwork. So I was like, I think I think he said I'd gone a bit too hard out. Mm. I'd, I'd explained step by step, right? Um, so like lining, uh, step one, measure the wall. Step two, mark it on the thing. Step three, glue up where you need to go. Um, and one of the other rules that are written down is don't glue where you screw, which mm-hmm. is, I wish I'd learned that in my house because I glued exactly everywhere I screwed. So I'm no, quite surprised that none of the screws have popped. But um, yeah, and he had kind of said, he's like, wow, to see the amount of work from someone that uh, has only been on 
only been doing this for six months, he was quite surprised. He was just like, wow, this is actually quite a cool um, thing. And he'd written a little note like, I think Nick's going to actually go quite far mm. um, if he keeps up this um, attitude and the effort that he's putting into his work. He's going to go quite far. And then to read that only six months into my apprenticeship, I was just like, oh, man, this is pretty cool. But it's also very good motivation for me to actually keep it up, mm. um, keep up the book work, keep up the picture taking and everything like that. Because he did say, he's like, man, there's uh, some other guys that I'm struggling to get anything out of them every um, visit. I think he said, yeah, it's every 12 to 14 weeks. He goes, some days, some people, um, he goes, oh, he said, yeah, he's, he struggles to get anything out of them between each visit. And I was just like, okay, I definitely don't want to be that person mm. now. So to any apprentice listening out there, um, keep up your book work. I know it's definitely... The last thing you want to do at the end of the day is sit down and write. But if you take five minutes at the end of the day, have a beer with it, write, just write everything down that you've done that day and then you'll keep on top of it. And I think, yeah, you'll make it so much easier for yourself because I think there was um, a month, I think it was the end of last year, I'd kind of backlogged everything for a month. I'd just written in my little diary. And then when it came to um, he said, yep, I'm going to be seeing you in the second week of January. I was just like, oh, no, I'm going to you know, quickly write it all down. So I wrote it all down. And, yeah, I was coming. I was like, oh, what did we do on that, that day then? Um, yeah, that's right. We did we did such and such. But I was just like, oh, I forgot how we did that. And mm. so, yeah, that's definitely one of my biggest tips for apprentices to just keep on top of your your theory take pictures i'd actually taken too many pictures the guy was just like i don't need to see every single step in in a photograph i just want to see a before and after and your words will do um the talking of the in-between i was just like oh, okay cool that's that's good to know and yeah um second visit he kind of yeah, steered me in the right direction for the um like the theory side of everything he's like more of this less of this need to reference the why you do screws at um, 300 centers on um, the perimeter of a jib. You need to actually um, tell me where and why you do it. And so I was like, yep, sweet as. And went and got a jib guide and just found out why you do that and referenced it back to the jib side guide. He's like, yep, that's exactly how you do it. And I was just like, oh, cool. This is quite, quite, um, yeah, informative. And you learn stuff that way. But yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, to an apprentice, just keep up the work because it's pretty. Yeah, when when they come back and say, "Yep, you're doing extremely well," it's just the best feeling. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And congrats, bro. And yeah, I guess it's just being motivated. You know, if you're motivated and if you're enjoying it and if you want to learn, then it should come pretty easily. You should have no worries about writing things down because you just find it interesting. I guess yeah yeah like, as i don't know if it's a phenomenon uh, it's probably rude of me to say like younger people probably don't do their book work as much as they should because they're interested in other things but um and not only that if you're on to your book work you'll just breeze through your apprenticeship because you know bc bcitr are great they're not into like holding anyone back you know they, they'll encourage you all the way through and if you're if you're good and if you're going for it then they'll you know they'll be right there with you like pushing you harder and and you know helping your learning process they're not there to sort of drag it out and be like oh yeah we need to get five years out of this guy you know it doesn't mm. they're in the business of 
making uh you know people into into carpenters which is great so yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoy i went with bcrto as well and they were great um yeah i enjoyed it all the way through um and like you say you know if you can prove to your assessor that you're thinking about what you're doing every day then sweet so you need to be doing really yeah 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 hard out yeah good stuff awesome um how's the how's the lifestyle change been just kind of off building maybe a little bit but just between your you know your previous job obviously it was pretty um maybe more time intensive in terms of taking you away from uh your family or or you know like i remember when we first talked you said one of the draws to construction industry or at least building was the sort of i wouldn't say more flexible hours but it is a nicer working environment it's not so like rigid and you know you're never going to have to do like massive 14 hour shifts and you know work for seven days on and you know three days off and you know crazy stuff like yeah. that. i mean i mean some 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 people do if you're in big yeah. stuff. but um yeah you know this kind of building that you're doing is certainly allows you to have a different lifestyle have you found that just in general not only like the more time but the kind of builder's life in general is <laughs> what's it like <laughs> uh it's the best thing i think this is the best move i think i've ever done cool. like yeah um coming from a background of drilling it was time is money in drilling so you need a um especially like you're working on a big commercial um, thing and say you, you go in there and it doesn't, um, everything's kind of shit sitting the fan, if you could um, say that. Um, the big um, company like Fletcher, LTM again, or something like that, whoever you're working for has still got a timeline. So if, if you um, start struggling, you're still said, well, you've said you're going to finish on this date. So you need to work harder to keep keep to schedule and so it was kind of like you'd have to work with work 12 hours a day start on site at um, six and finish at 4 30 be back at the yard at five and you'd be expected to work saturdays and i was kind of like no nah, i don't want that and so i moved to a company that's working on tg and at that time you didn't have to work weekends mm-hmm. so i was kind of like yep sweet this is cool your weekends were optional, but I was like, oh, yep, saving up for the wedding. I'll work, um, I'll work Saturdays because extra money will be good. And then as soon as the wedding happened, um, uh, TG was getting pushed back. If everyone knows um, Transmission Gully, it got worse and worse. And they're like, um, the tie line crept up. And they're like, oh, we're not going to make this. So we're pushing the boys harder. So Saturdays were then you're expected to work um, three out of four Saturdays. It's kind of like, oh man, this is. I don't mind it. Um, Saturdays have always worked. Saturday is cool. I don't mind this, but then it kind of got like, oh man, like I really want to start having a family soon. This isn't really the best option, but I'll still roll with it. Sweet as. And then, um, yeah, I got a promotion to foreman. So I was running all the crews, and part of that job was that I'd be working 12 days on, two days off. And definitely that was a. Bit of a struggle, yeah. So it'd be like first one on site, um, do the pre-start. So I'd be yeah, pre-start, make sure I was there at, at um, 6.20 because I'd be standing up in front of 100 people explaining to everyone, right, today my crews are going to be here, 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 and here. We're doing this, this, this. Um, 
you get all the crews ready. It'd be some stressful days. Some days we'd have a shock creating crew. Some days um, their pump it got blocked and they've still got it. Or it'll be like five o'clock and they've still got another truck. You go, oh, there's still another truck. That's like an hour, an hour to spray that truck. And there's another half an hour to clean out. So before you know it, it's um, 6.30, 7 o'clock. I'm still on site helping the boys. Um, by the time we got down to the yard, 7.30, by the time I got home, it was 8 o'clock. And I was just like, man, if I, um, I think, yeah, my, my missus was pregnant at the time that I did get that that role. And I was just like, no, I can't do this with the kid. And I was kind of like not realizing that I, this is, we've just had our first kid. So I didn't realize how um, hard being a well, parent, apprentice, um, being a parent, parent was it was quite an eye-opener and so I was glad I took the change to go building because I knew like I'd heard about you know um, I think yeah the last job was my company where we were working in Cuba Street in Wellington and we were doing a test stand curve and we started it at three o'clock on a Friday and I knew it would be at least three four hours until we finished and I remember seeing um, we swung open the hoarding doors to get more cement outside and across from across from us was a pub and there were already tradies in there at four o'clock. And I was just like, <laughs> I, looked, I looked to my mate and I was just like, fire out, they're already on the piss. They're us. <laughs> and I was just like, damn it. I was still like, and yeah, another two, three hours to go. And I was just like, oh man. And I already in my head, I was just like, yep, this apprenticeship's good. And it was actually that night that I handed my resignation and planned out quite well that I was just like, that could be me and it will be me. And so like, <laughs> But yeah, I haven't um, I haven't worked a weekend since in six mm. months. I haven't worked a weekend, so it's for family life. Um, we start work at seven thirty. My the site that I'm on at the moment is three minutes down the road, so I get to yeah, I get to see my son for um, 10, 15 minutes in the morning, and we finish at four thirty. So I'm back home by five, and yeah, get to play with, um, hang out with my son, um, have a um, bathe him and put him to bed. And I was just like, man, if I was still with my old job, I would never, if I was still doing 12 days on, two days off, I'd only actually get to see him two days mm. out of um, 14 days. So definitely personal life, so much, yeah, so much more freedom. Definitely um, less hours and less money is a bit of a shock to the system, mm. um, especially with the misses on maternity leave. Uh, we've definitely had to budget to, make ends meet and um i think yeah coming from um yeah doing nine years of drilling and just go 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 every day i've actually the missus has actually um, had to teach me to it's okay to not do anything over a weekend you can (laughs) chill out like whereas i'm like oh i gotta do this outside i gotta plant this tree i gotta build this deck i gotta um water blast the fence she's like nope no, you're chilling out. You're hanging out with your son. You're having having family time. I'm like, yes, that's that is the life. That is what I need to do now. So, slowly coming back down to earth, uh-huh. into residential building and like the proper tradie life that I'd seen. And yeah, I'm just um, loving it. Best change that I've ever done. So, awesome. yeah, that's no, it's it's very good. That's cool, man. Cool story. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's good. Ah, good, good. Good on you, man. Yeah, no, it's it's um, definitely the residential uh, side of it lends to that sort of lifestyle. And it's, um, 
yeah, it's fun. Even now though, I struggle. I mean, I don't do residential really all that much anymore, but um, I still can't sit still on the weekends. Eh? I have to do mm. stuff. I can't just sit yeah. down as well. I'm like that. I'm a shocker. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, so I just get my kids to help me do jobs. That's, that's my way. Of, uh, <laughs> I'll be doing words. it. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he's walking, I'll be like, come over here, come do this. It's going to be kind of a good excuse to, oh, I need to do this. I'll get him to help me. So then I can kind of still get stuff done. And yeah. I'm still, yeah. I think that's that productive side of me that always wants to do things, but I just, yeah, slowly learning to chill out. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's good, man. Um, How's the uh, how's the whole Instagram thing? I don't really talk about it all that much on the podcast, but a lot of what I do on uh, through the podcast is just stalking people on Instagram and um, asking them if they want to talk to me for a few hours. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not all that active on it myself in terms of posting and stuff, but um, there's a massive tradie community, especially in New Zealand. I mean, all over the world, but you know, particularly perhaps New Zealand. Uh, is one we're most familiar with on there. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people who I might never meet who, um, who like I, I talk to every now and again, and it is quite cool who are, who are tradies and you see what they're up to and they're doing similar things and they've got a new tool or a new truck or they're on a cool job site or, you know, they're operating cranes and you're like, how good is this? It's, it's, uh, I mm. love it. It's fun. How, how have you found it? You, you have some, pretty cool um stuff that you do on your own page do you want to share a bit of that or just talk about the all the tradies on instagram and even like following other apprentices and what yeah. what's that like because you know when i was an apprentice i mean of course we had instagram but you know, I, I didn't touch social media for like 10 years um i was just really anti it so i never got onto that so i'm quite interested how apprentices kind of experience their apprenticeship through instagram and with instagram kind of following them along the way as well yeah, it's definitely yeah. So I'd, I'd um, I've got a personal Instagram, and I was kind of putting up building stuff every now and again, but I wasn't getting. No one would um, comment about it or react or anything like that. And so during lockdown, I don't. I I was following someone. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, that um, it was kind of like yeah, their Instagram page was just for their building. Mm. I was kind of like, oh, that's quite. Um, quite cool to do that and my missus actually works in social media for a company she's a uh, yeah, social media manager mm. and so she was like why don't you start your own one why don't you start a your own instagram account like you've done so much work on the house you obviously want to show it off and i was like yeah i do want to kind of um, take pride in my work and be like look guys look what i've done this is quite cool i want to mm. share it and so um, yeah during lockdown i think it's probably what happened i think you said as well that during lockdown you wanted to um start your that's where your podcast came from yeah absolutely yep yep yeah so yeah um during lockdown yep so i think yeah a lot of people had the same idea and so yeah i started that and i think yeah i followed that one person that i was following on my um, personal page and then as instagram algorithm does it goes oh you might want to follow this person Mm. and this person that kind of gathers oh yeah he wants to follow new zealand tradies so i just went follow 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 and some of them would follow me back. And yeah, before I knew it, it was kind of blowing like, wow, holy moly, I've got like 100 followers. This is quite cool. And so I started posting like stuff that I'd done about my house, put up a few stories. And then I'd be getting comments like, wow, that's quite cool. Um, or like people would be 
applying to uh, my stories and I've I've like on a regular basis talked to I think there's a good handful of people that like I'll put up a story and they'll um, react or comment about it and it's like the same I've met um yeah talked to people over in Aussie and stuff like that and met um we've actually had a um a trading meetup I think it was a couple of months ago and so a few of us um someone had won a prize through Instagram which is I've won a few prizes as well for you stability level sets and stuff like that so it's just quite cool yeah (laughs) so someone was coming down and they said oh let's do a trading meetup so i'd never met these people never intended to meet them in real life but it was quite cool to meet have a wee bit of um i think there's about uh 10 of us um yeah meeting people in real life is like oh man i've kind of followed you for a wee while it's like i already um kind of know you um yeah. yeah quite cool and then yeah having a my missus yeah obviously works social media but she's also a part-time um vlogger and so she's got um been doing it for years so having her talents um to be able to um edit little videos of um stuff that i've done so last year she's seen a wooden abacus on um some kind of um, craft page she goes oh that's i'm not paying that price i think it was like 70 bucks or 50 bucks or something she's like i'm not paying that like do you think you could do it i was like challenge accepted so uh, yeah. i was like sweet i had a old remu start in my garage so i was like yep sweet ass how big do you want it oh this by this by this yep sweet just started making it up she's like i'm just going to put the camera here you do your work i think we had um, a desk there and so i'd done all the work and then um gave the yeah gave the camera back and within a couple of days, she had done the video for her um, vlogging. And then she goes, sweet, here's your little one-minute Instagram video. Mm. Like, I was like, oh, man, seeing it from that perspective of like, like there's one one way of seeing it from my point of view of what I'm doing. But then to see it from the camera's perspective and being like, oh, is that what it looks like? I don't know. Like, yeah, it's quite cool mm. seeing how, how things are done. Cause you don't actually think about it from the other the other side so and yeah you get quite a lot of um feedback from that and then yeah i'm always like every day i'll um come home from work and be like once the boys in bed um i'll quickly scroll through scroll through my feed oh yep like that like that cool come in on that and then you yeah, go through stories and definitely seeing what other people are up to is quite um quite cool like we've I'm doing a firewall or I've just done a firewall and then um, someone else is one other two people on Instagram are doing, doing firewalls as well. So I was mm-hmm. like hitting them up being like, Oh, what, um, how big is yours? Uh, what, like, what have, what have you, what's any tips and tricks that you've found from doing that, that I can um, um, do or learn from you. And definitely, yeah, just heaps of people just posting up cool little, tracks and cool just also cool photographs of their jobs like some of the photos i see of um just general building stuff i'm like that is a cool photo like i've never Mm. thought of seeing um a steel cage in that perspective like that's quite cool so yeah definitely the instagram culture is big there's always like yeah i'm always like oh this person is coming up especially now that the apprentices uh, apprenticeships are free there's a lot more people um, obviously starting apprenticeships and everyone kind of has social media these days mm. i think they're they're probably kind of like me like oh yep i'll start um posting up 
I think actually in BCRDO, it says it'd be a good idea to start an Instagram page to kind of have a place for your photos, yep. not as, um, I think that's, that's everyone's just turned that into like a look what I'm doing. Um, I think this is quite cool. I want to share it around. And so it's definitely, yeah, the Instagram culture in New Zealand is very big. I think there's one of the builders actually follows follows me now and I'm just like, oh man, I thought I'd be able to get away with friendship without, <laughs> without one of the builders. So it's, um, I think the other day I was talking about, I was talking to the other apprentice. I was like, oh, I've got a jib site, um, site guy and um, it'd be cool to, if, if you wanted one, here's the website you can get it from. And he turned around and he goes, I've seen that on your story. You've got a few books now, haven't you? I was kind of like, oh, okay, shit. I didn't know I had had a guy following me. So I was was like, oh, it's a little bit embarrassing. Yeah, having having one of your builders following you, you're like, like, oh, man, I don't want to put up any incriminating or um, eliminating stuff at the moment. So, yeah, really. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, now that now that um, the boss knows that I've got it, he actually asked me if I wanted to um, run his page because he's like, he's like, oh, I've seen that you've um, post quite a bit. Um, would you mind running um, running my my page? I was like, oh yeah, sweet. We'll have a chat about it in a couple of couple of weeks or something. And I was, I just said, oh, I can just pass you on to my missus. Though she's probably the one. Um, to talk to she knows all about that kind of stuff so yeah it's yeah. definitely but yeah the instagram in new zealand's pretty cool well the yeah. tradie tradie instagrams yeah yeah it's good fun mate there's some good good yarns good people it's good times yeah, yeah i was actually I, I wanted to ask you what the what the um what your work mates thought of of instagram i mean you just see one one guy's following you what do they think though do they think it's cool do they think it's cheesy do they think like you know um cause i'm quite interested in that myself because I, I at one stage i was going to post quite a lot um about my work and then i realized like a whole bunch of people who i do those things with every day is are also following me and for some reason that's just turned me off ever since and i don't really like putting things on there because i feel like i'm being like a showman or you know you don't, you, mm. like you say you don't want to put uh foot wrong or especially when you're um representing a company you know if you put something out on the internet here's what i'm doing between the hours of x y and z and i'm getting paid to do it um and the person who's paying you paying you to do it is um noticing that you're putting it up on the internet it's sort of a gray it's a bit of a gray area that yeah what do you think though is everyone um in your workplace pretty all good about it yeah i think well i think yeah my boss has followed me um, since I got the Instagram, I think he followed me even before I had my um, building page. Um, but I have, uh, yeah, apart from him saying, "Oh, like, would you mind um, helping me out with my one?" He hasn't actually said anything about it. But I'm always like a little bit cautious. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to take the piss mm-hmm. and like post. Oh, this is what I'm doing now, and do like go around and do stories and stuff like that. So I'll yeah. take the odd. I'll just I'll take the odd picture with the actual like just camera and then if I'm going to post it I'll post it up in my own time because yeah I don't like yeah the guy that um said that he sent me the other day I said uh, um, about the um, jib site guide I haven't yeah he didn't say anything about it but I was kind of like oh man I don't want to I don't want him to like 
bust me take like if i was doing a story or something and come around the corner and go oh you're taking an instagram are you but like yeah. oh yeah god yeah. snap me out yeah so it's kind of <laughs> it is a gray area i'm sure it's like i'm sure it's fine but for me it's kind of like i'd rather um look i'd rather do the work and take a photo of what i'm doing um, yeah i mean i'm taking photos on site anyway like today we did that demolition so i took a photo before and after and i was just like I'm not going to post this up now. I'll do it on my own time because I don't want to seem like I'm taking the piss or anything yeah. like that. I'm sure, I'm sure I'd be fine if I'd like in my smoker time. Yep, quickly post up a story or something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's definitely other people I've seen as um, they post up a lot during the day, um, whether they <laughs> work for themselves or something like that, or True. their bosses are good. Um, I'm sure they've had their chat. But yeah, I think yeah, I've never been one to post on um instagram or put up heaps of stuff anyways but yeah i'm like i'm in your situation where it's kind of like yeah i'm just like oh i don't want to put up too much stuff i don't want to um, take the piss or anything like that i'm always careful about what i put up because i don't want to put up something and then the boss be like why did you put that up oh that mm. was meant to be um confidential or something like yeah. that so i'm always yeah a little bit careful about what i post yeah yeah i'm the same i, I haven't figured out how to navigate that myself really you know even if if companies don't have like explicit um social media kind of rules and regs in a contract um yeah it's probably best to do less really if you're worried about it i guess but then it's great you do see some self-employed people who have a lot of fun with instagram or or you know owners of companies um and i think it's quite cool and even you know if i was if i was a client or even myself like i've seen some subtrades non-carpenters um instagram page and i was like oh man i'd love to get these subbies on my side eh? and and like you know because they seem like they've got a cool uh atmosphere or, or work environment or they do cool work um so there's that as well so yeah it's uh interesting are you figuring out which which way you're going to learn best in carpentry do you think are there ways where you're like this doesn't work for me or I'm a more of a visual person or I have to be looking at plans a lot or, you know, do you have to find that someone has to really walk you through it and show you exactly every movement before you can get it? Or, I mean, have you figured out what works best for you? Definitely um, visual. Like, um, yeah, like even today we had to, I just had to, it's at the bottom of a stairwell. He's like, yep. So we just need the um, this wall to meet the what's it called the winder, the bottom of the stairs. And he's like, yep. So that needs to be 13 mil back, um, so that when we jib it and then the plasters put their um, edging on it, it'll then be flush with the um, winder edge box thing. And I was like, oh yeah. And he goes, so yeah, if you just chuck some packers on there, um, put the level, blah blah blah. And I was kind of like, uh, yeah okay do you mind he's like yep so if you get the packers you put them um wrap them through the saw at 200 long and i was just like oh okay and he like yeah like picked up the picked up the bit of four by two and said like you rip it that way and i was just like oh okay i get you now what you're talking about and yeah and they like should like draw a line so you then bring your um end stud to there level it up to there and then you put um that across there i was kind of like oh yep sweet um, now I know what I'm doing or like when 
at the start of the day or in the middle of the day before we start a new task, you'll, um, right, we're going to do this wall, um, going to go up here along there, something like that. And I'll, I'll just say, oh, can you show me on the plan? Because when you're looking at a, um, a space and there's just a wall goes there, wall goes there, this bit goes there, I'm kind of like, oh, I can't visualize that. Mm. So like when, yeah, I'll see it on the plan, like, oh, that's how it works. Or so like the firewall, like say, yeah, we're doing a firewall, the firewall comes up. It's a 25 mil gap. And there's some mineral wall in between the two floors. I'm just like, oh yeah. When, when someone explains it to me, I'm just like, okay, I don't really um, understand it. But yeah, definitely seeing plans or like um, if someone, even on um, sometimes when someone's explaining something, they'll draw it on just on the wall or on a stud, and they'll be like, yep. So this bit goes here. We cut, notch that out, blah blah blah, something like that. And they draw it, and instantly I'm like cool i can see what's going on um yeah definitely like reading reading stuff i can yeah reading plans is um definitely another way to learn and yeah just yeah 100 visual person if someone tries to explain something and like person to person i'm always like get a different idea or something like that in my head. So I'm always saying like, oh, can you draw me a picture or something like that? Because mm. the last thing I want to do is someone be like, go do this by doing this and then I'll go do it. And they're like, no, that's completely not what I said. And I'll be like, oh, sorry, I thought that's what you were meaning. So yeah, 100% mm. visual, visual learner. It sounds like you have some good teachers, you know, by, by what you're saying, some of the guys that are helping you out through this, you've got some people who know how to teach carpentry quite well. Do you, do you feel that way about people you're working with? Yeah. So we've got, um, got one, two, got three, um, well, builders on, in the company. Uh, one, another guy, another two, um, no, actually four builders now. Um, another two apprentices are going to get signed off this year. And then there's, um, me and another guy that started this year. I think he's getting, another apprentice pretty soon as well so there's going to be about um, nine or ten of us in the site but yeah definitely going through between each of the four builders just like uh, you can definitely notice their different ways of doing things there's mm. different ways of like um so there's like i guess there's a spectrum between speed and quality um there's definitely like everyone's kind of like on their different sp um spectrums of that um yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that they kind of take up different points in that spectrum. Some guys are quick, some yeah. guys are more. So, so, yeah, one guy's real quick. And so it's like you're trying to like keep up with him. You're like, he's like, come on, have you got that stud ready? I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, quickly cut it. Whereas um, another guy's, yeah, kind of like um, he's, he's quick, but he's also like a little bit slower and just, um, yeah, slower, slower pace which is quite, quite cool. And you're like, like, right, I'm doing this. Like even um, this was on the Reno I did a while ago. He goes, do you know how to straighten the wall? And I was like, no, I've never done that before. And he's like, right. He's like, showed me for like 20 minutes. He's like, right. So you put the strategy on there, mark up there, mark there. That's the bit that you need to plane. So yeah, he's like, right, you plane it. And he's like, no, no, that's not how you plan it like this and then like feather it off at the end and stuff like that. And he like, yeah, took the time to show me how to do things. Um, but yeah, and then there's um, my mate as well that I've known 
for a couple of years. He also works with us and he's yeah, quite a perfectionist. He wants everything perfect. So it's like cool. He was the guy that did the interior framing with and he was like, took the time. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna teach you everything I know. And I was like, cool. And he like showed me how to set everything out, showed me the um three, four, five rule mm. um, with getting things square. And I was like, Oh, cool. Everyone but like yeah, everyone I work with is keen as to teach. I think they really nice know um that there's a lot of work out there that there needs to be people coming up through um through the apprenticeships and stuff so yeah it's cool that everyone's keen to get on board and like teach us i'm sure it's annoying for them i remember when i was a driller and i had to um teach my offsider to drill it's just like oh, i just want to get the job done like i don't have to <laughs> you're just, you're just slowing me down i don't want to have to teach you to, to use my drawing and like try and teach you everything but like at the end of it when i was yeah when i was teaching my offsider on transmission gully to drill i kind of left him for the first time from the day from drilling and he came back down i was like how'd it go and he's like um he goes yeah i got two holes done i was like wow that's awesome that's cool that's um mm. I like felt good, so hopefully, them teaching me, um, like, if I if they say I'll oh, go away and do this, and then I come back and say, "Sweet, I've done it," and they go, "Oh, yeah, that's actually quite a good work." Obviously, they get the same feeling, like, "Oh, cool, I've taught this guy something." Yeah, because um, it's definitely very re- rewarding teaching skills to a new person. I've, I find it very rewarding. So hopefully, and. Um, further down the track I can be that person that's teaching um, someone carpentry and be like this is how you do this and then seeing them kind of grow and develop in the industry so mm. hopefully yeah, hopefully um, one day I get the chance to do that yeah of. absolutely yeah it, it is yeah it you is go very, full circle yeah it's it is very rewarding and I think um, good good teachers make good students and then in turn those those people are kind of hopefully make good teachers again one day i guess that speaks to that whole thing of carpentry of passing it on to the next generation i think most most people who enjoy the trade are more than happy to do that but you're right sometimes it is hard when you've got to get the job done and um yeah an apprentice can like seem annoying at the time but if you step back you realize everyone was in that in you know in their boat and um there's only one way they learn but i'm actually i'm quite interested to ask you a question i don't know how uh quite to put it but you know, as maybe as a, almost like a tip um, for other apprentices, because you've been on both sides of the fences in terms of um, you've taught in a previous life and now you're being taught this different different skill set. Mm. What do you think, uh, maybe personality-wise or, or how your approach with different people, how, how do you try and get the best out of your teachers, if you know what I mean? Or also how do you make them want to teach you you know uh one thing that like i'll say it's a it's a bit rough on on young people but like especially for maybe for older for older builders right um i would say especially if they have children um like for myself uh maybe not as bad i like come home and i have two toddlers and i love them but they can be a pain in the ass and then when i go to work i'm like surrounded by teenagers who are also just a pain in the ass who some of them don't <laughs> want to learn or behave or get after it as hard as i want to get after it um yeah and then and then maybe you know it's a kind of fact of life some of those older builders have probably got kids 
who are the same age as the people they're teaching. And it's just like, man, I go home and deal with my teenagers and then I go to work and I deal with your teenagers and it's a pain in the ass. You know, I can, <laughs> I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, how do you like dissing people for their age aside? How do you be teachable? How do you think you do that? You know, because it's important, not only just you want to get on with your workmates, but Hey, if you want to smash through your, apprenticeship and make money and be good at your job like you have to be able to absorb information well and kind of be the kind of person someone wants to spend the time with to actually teach you something because you know that they'll listen or that they'll respect you or that they'll appreciate being taught that how do you how do you do that yourself um i think yeah i was actually thinking about this the other day that um i'll go i'll reference the drilling again so i yeah started at the bottom and it was quite hardcore like the drillers when i started with quite old grumpy men and it was mm -hmm. just like they were just like chewing down and i was like go go hurry up why are you so slow buddy speed up um you know carry this stuff it's not that heavy blah blah, blah. and so um when i became a driller i kind of kind of coming up the ranks you kind of know Oh, when I was offsider, I wanted a driller like this. And so when I became mm. a driller, I was like, I'm going to be a driller like I wanted um, when I was an offsider. And so all I said to my offsiders was like, okay, when um, when you see me turn the air off, um, I expect you to kind of come over with the drill rod and put it on the rig and we'll start drilling again. I just I kind of thought something like, oh, I want you to like see the next step what are we going to be doing there's a repetition here it's it's not very hard you i'll turn the driver off or down put the rod on and you go away and do the other job and i was kind of i've had some offsiders in my time that are absolutely perfect they'll come as soon as um, i need something they'll come before sad offsiders that will sit in the utes and i'll turn the rig down and i'm like what are they doing and they're on their phone or something like that and it's just like I'm trying to, like, yeah, it, it's a little bit of an age thing, and um, but it's also an attitude thing. Like, yeah, it doesn't absolutely. probably it doesn't matter about the age. It's more an attitude thing. Like, if you're keen to learn, um, then I will teach you. Like, if that person that was sitting in the ute, I think after a week, I was just, I said to my boss, I was like, no, nah, I don't want him. He's slowing me down. He does. He's not interested. Hmm. So give me another one. So yeah, I've definitely been through a few offsiders and politely told them I've never yelled at anyone like like that. I've said to them like, "Oh, you need to get off your phone. A little. You can when I'm drilling away, you can be on your phone as long as you do the work. There's going to be a bit of free time. You can be on your phone. I don't care. Mm -hmm. But when there's work to be done, please come and do the work. And so, um, but yeah, if they're not any good, um, see you later. Um, but anyone that's um, the guy that's keen to keep up with me and um, is keen to learn, I'm like, yep, sweet. I'm going to teach you how to drill. And that's always, yeah, if they're keen to learn, then they'll, I'll teach them and then they'll get more um, interested in the drilling and then um, I can then move on to someone else. Um, and I've then I've now taken that into building. So, like, I want to be the apprentice to the apprentice that a builder wants to have. So mm -hmm. I'm always like, if um, he's nailing into Dwang and he's nail guns on the ground, I'll be like, right, I'm going to pick it up before he needs it. And also handing him the nail gun the right way 
Mm. Instead of like handing you having the handle and he has to pick it up from the top and then turn it around and grab the thing. So I like hand it to him so he can just grab it straight away. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, handing the hammer to him, handle to him kind of thing. So it's mm. kind of always, I always want to be there. Uh, and then, um, yeah, like I always ask questions like, oh, why are you doing this? And I, I kind of feel like they, they know that I'm interested, I'm keen to learn. And so that they'll take the time to teach me. So mm-hmm. it's definitely down to an attitude thing. Like um, when I first yeah, started building, I was quite nervous. I was like, oh, I don't really don't want to stuff up. And it was all, like, I knew it was going to happen that I did the old 10 mil, 100 mil, two short track. Mm-hmm. A few times I'm just like, God damn it. Like, damn it. I don't want to like seem like I'm um, an idiot or anything like that. But everyone's just like, oh, mate, it's no problem. Everyone does it mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely an attitude thing. It's like, yeah, when I was starting, um, I was quite yeah nervous, didn't want to stuff up. But now that um, I've kind of gotten used to everyone, know how everyone works, know how everyone um, gets along, you can kind of get into a bit more jokey side. Like I bring mm. out um, after yeah, like a month or two months, I kind of bring out this the, the usual side of me. I wasn't so like intimidated by the builders i was like oh yep sweet as i love to joke love to have some bit of yarns and banter on site so i was kind of now i was in like one of the team mm. um if you can mm. say and so everyone was just like yep sweet um we're keen to teach you you're you're a good laugh you're a good person um you don't clown around when there is work to be done you'll do the work um but yeah like there's no no one in our um company that is young because the boss knows he's like i'm keen he's like he said to me as well the way that he put it he's like i'm keen to pay an adult apprentice an adult apprentice wage for someone who's had life experience he knows i've got a kid that i'm going to turn up for work um so i haven't actually yeah worked with um teenagers as such in in the building industry, but yeah, seeing them in the construction industry or the drilling industry and just being like, oh man, they are a bit of a <laughs> pain to work with. It'd be interesting to work with one now and just see how they actually get along with the builder. But yeah, it's like age aside, um, it's all about, you could be 16, fresh out of school. If you've got the right attitude, um, your people will be keen to teach you. But if you're there to just fill in a day, just because so, um, your parents or you're just like oh i just want to do something i've got, I've got to do something because my parents have told me to mm. go do something you're planning around on site you just won't get very far like yeah uh, i think yeah going back to my productivity side of me um i don't see how people can clan around it's yeah it's, I'd, i would do my head and if i had one of them on my site or anything like that yeah yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're totally right, though. It's not down to the age. It is It is the attitude. Uh, yeah, I've had plenty. Well, yeah, I've got a, a guy now, 17-year-old, fresh out of school pretty much or thereabouts, and um, he's got a great attitude, and you can tell he wants to be a builder, and it gets everyone else on site excited because it's like, oh, you know, finally we got a good we got a good one, you know, and we, we'll teach mm. him something. Uh, and you, you kind of let that person into the – secret builder club and tell them all the <laughs> cool secrets <laughs> you do though yeah. like, it's actually like that it's funny uh so yeah no definitely yeah, yeah all you young people 
go for it you just got to have the right right attitude get ready to work that's the thing about some teenagers is that like yourself you've worked before like you you know what a 12-hour shift looks like you know some teenagers like they were getting handouts on the weekend pocket money they didn't even like work in a supermarket or nothing you get out of school that's your first job so you've never worked a day in your life like yeah Mm. that's what i make sure i do with my apprentices like for the first six months so I'm just going to teach you how to work, mate. <laughs> you, just need to, <laughs> you need to learn, learn what work looks like, you know. <laughs> like you gotta yeah. keep, if you can't keep up with these guys and girls on site, then you're just going to struggle no matter how talented or how much attitude you have. If you don't know what work yeah. looks like, like, you're in trouble. Yeah, and also, like, you're an apprentice. You are going to get the uh, the bad end of the jobs. Like, mm-hmm. I've dug a few holes. I've dug, like, moved the job, moved... Um, all the four by two is offloaded there. I've got to move it into the site or something like that. Like that's an apprentice job. You've got to get ready to do some manual handling and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, just definitely. Not complain about it. That I think is the one thing. If you see, if a builder sees apprentice going, oh, you're kidding me. I've got to move all that. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, yes, nah. you do, mate. Yeah, no good. Yeah, yeah. Now that's true though. Actually, one uh, there's another young guy that uh, that I've kind of worked in and around and um i knew that he would be all good or he could make a builder when he survived i think he was in like this little bathroom full tiles floor walls you know and had to chip off all the tiles in the bathroom and grind down all the glue on the floor um and mm. he did it and he didn't complain and he did it for like a week and i was like oh yeah you'll be sweet you'll be a builder <laughs> you know you know how to yep. work yeah yep, 100%. yeah yeah uh, yeah, all right, and I just want to um, let's let's close it out with um, some maybe more some more lighthearted stuff. What's some what are some kind of tips in terms of um, especially for the Instagram thirsty tool folks out there who love that sort of chat? What are some tips in terms of what are some tools that you've went out and got yourself as an apprentice, or tools that you think are worth investing in that you've spent more time and money on? Um, just any just anything that even comes to the top of your head nick just in terms of a tip for someone else out there or something that you've found really helpful anything like that bro i think people would appreciate hearing that um i think especially here in new zealand you've got uh mita 10 and bunnings that do price match plus 15 percent so every every month um the other like tool shared power tool center and stuff like that will come out of places come out with um the new like that month's on sale tool mm-hmm. so but i've yeah i think before i started building out a little chart i was just like right i want to get this this saber saw skill saw so i'd like been looking um a few months before i started and i was like like oh the skill saw's on sale at something i'm going to go to my to 10 and price match it so it's mm. definitely mm. price matching yeah because i've noticed you buy tools on um like your um through the trade account you get like bugger all off no you don't yeah you get nothing. yeah, yeah that's that's so, a hot, that's a hot tip actually for apprentices is that yeah if you think you're going to get a sale. massive deal uh off your company's trade account you really don't get all that much off eh? um nah, so yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go every month i'll have a quick browse through the websites and be like oh sweet this is on sale i'll go to my 10 and be like yo they've got it on sale for this much and they're like yep sweet as and i'm sure they're like they they're getting definitely a bit more um, tight on it now. They actually yeah. make sure that the other store has it in stock. Yes. But um, 
yeah, like um, invest. I reckon invest in some good tools, good quality. Like um, I'm trying to get everything brushless because I've noticed the difference um, in the quality of the motors. Um, yeah, definitely a good impact um, driver. Mm. And also, don't be af- don't be afraid if it breaks, take it back. I've already broken my impacts from putting in. I think I was putting in two longer purlins into some Remu and I just buggered the hammer. So I just took mm. it back and I then decided to invest in a Makita mid, mid-range um, impact driver. So it's not that big, massive one. Mm. It's not the small one. So I was like, oh, yeah, something like that um, will be perfect for doing purlin, purlin screws, um, bulge screws into Remu. So it's kind of like, um, yeah, I've always said, as soon as I started my apprenticeship, if I need something, I'll go get it. So like, yeah. Don't need to rush out and get all the tools, but I was like, kind of like, oh, multi tool would be quite um, handy doing this. And like, I was, and then I needed one again a couple of weeks later. I was like, okay, well, obviously I need a multi tool. I'll go, yeah, one of those. Waited for a sale and then got it. And then yeah, planer. Oh, like doing a lot of planning work, so I'm gonna need one of those and kind of just wait and see what kind of tools you need. And yeah, don't just go out and buy them. Yeah. And even knowing kind of what quality tool you should buy, because especially if you're an apprentice and if you're on Instagram, you're getting punched in the face with like the most expensive tools that you didn't realize you have to get tomorrow. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, and it it can be probably a little bit too much. You know, like you say, planing. I mean, especially if you're doing a lot of renos and you're planing remu studs, like it's actually, you'll find a lot of, a lot of, professionals or a lot of older guys they'll have like a beater up planer where they'll just use for like real rugged ass jobs like that you, you know you're not going to use your brand new 600 dollars makita brushless flash battery planer on an old gnarly remu stud because it's just so it's can be too hard for right. it so you, yeah. you know you go and get a i don't know a makita green or a um you know an aeg or a ryobi or something like that um so yeah I would definitely say don't freak out about having to have the best tools in the world. But there are some essential tools. I don't know if you agree with me, but I think, you know, in terms of power tools, if you have a drill and an impact driver and a nail gun, you know, those those three are probably the ones that you should be focusing on first, I reckon. Yeah. They, they, they make you useful, you know. Um, yeah. You can do a lot of tasks with those three tools, especially in structure, especially if you're doing, you know, new house framing, man yeah those ones are good usually there's a drop saw on site usually the company's probably got a skill saw or something like that that you can use so um yeah yeah and what do you what do you think what do you think about hammers do you need a 600 dollar martinez ultra lightweight titanium (laughs) purple and orange hammer or is an s-wing all good uh the yeah the old s-wing is perfect Uh, (laughs) i've had people say like oh, you know, like, don't follow what, um, don't be the sheep and get the e-swing, like, but mm. then I'm like, everyone's got them because they're good. Like, yeah. I've, yeah, I've seen those on Martin's um, hammers come out and a few of the boys on Instagram have got them and I'm like, yeah. oh, man, like, it would be cool to everyone, but for me and what I'm doing, I'm just like, there's no way I could ever fork out um, that amount of money if I was to win one. Sweet. I'd, I'd love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like the old tried and true um, stuff. Like, even like I've got a, a oh, I think it's like a 
follow or kind of might just be a budget brand from one to ten. My um, chisel uh, demo chisel is. Yeah, I've had to sharpen the thing constantly because it's mm. just an absolute um, cheap piece of rubbish. Yeah, but I'm just like it's a demo chisel. It doesn't need to be anything expensive. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, there's actually that's a good shout. Sorry, I'll jump in on that one. Just yep. think. Um, demo chisels are awesome for apprentices i i know that i i had a barco dual one where you know it's got the sharp edge on the front but then also along like the shank of the chisel you know the kind of most demo chisels are like that where it's sharp on there and you can kind of side hack it and uh those things yeah. are meant like if you want if you're just going to run one chisel in your belt all the time just having one of those just to you know you don't need your real flash top of the line 25 mil head um chisel in your belt all the time having like a butt chisel a wider more hardy chisel or a demo chisel in your belt is a good call actually for a hand tool yep. set up there yeah i mean we could go on for hours talking about what's good what you need good. um but <laughs> yeah for any apprentice apprentice go on to instagram like most people have uh, a photo of what's in their toolbox um mm, what's true. in their apron I've done that as well. I think my um, first couple of weeks, I laid it on the ground and said, um, took a photo of what it is, and I just put it up on the screen and said, um, anyone got any tips and tricks or advice of what I need and what I don't need or where the placement is? And people were like, um, I think someone said, like, oh, that 300 mil, um, what called the square, that kind of, Yes. square edge that goes slide square whatever you, slide yep. square yeah he goes oh i noticed with those um that they always get stuck when you're trying to clamber through small mm, holes and stuff like that it's true. always getting stuck he's like he's like just get, get yourself a little 150 mil one and that was like i was like oh yeah i'll take that price and that was the one of the best things i've ever done i was like yeah you don't need a massive 300 mil one no and don't. then yeah someone was like um put this there or try this on this side and i was like oh yep sweet and then put it on and then um someone was like oh have you tried putting it around your back or like mm. having everything on the back but I, most of the boys on site do it but i can't figure out oh, i tried true. it a few days and i couldn't figure out well oh, i can't get this thing the nail punch back in the hole or something like that so yeah they can they can stuff you up if depending on the tool belt that you buy i think um yes because if you bought a tool belt and you're running a front setup and then all of a sudden you go to the back it can throw you for a loop you know yep. your, your hammer's on the wrong side now and your muscle memory just it takes quite a while or you might never get it or in fact you need to yep. buy the right tool belt where everything's where you want it if you're going to choose to go on the back but yeah all the cool yep. people uh, wear the tool belts to the back, just so you know, Nick. So you probably have to get used yeah. to that. Right now. <laughs> I, I did the I did the thing where it's it's made for the front. I turned it around and the hammer was on the wrong side. I'm like, yeah. ah. and I tried to flip the thing, um, the two bits of the apron around, and it didn't work. So I'm just like, one day I'll be the cool guy with the belt on the back. <laughs> Man, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm the cool guy and the poor guy who did the exact same thing. I wore my belt on my front for years and then I turned it around and I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm just going to be um, stubborn and persist with, and the hammer's on the wrong side and it's been on the wrong side for five years, but I'm like used to it now, you know? Yeah. But yeah if, I'll, I do, I'll... if I do upgrade, then I'll put it on the other side, I think yeah oh that'll be me that'll be me soon i think <laughs> yeah cool and what about um one thing i wanted to ask you i know i noticed you run the milwaukee pack out um the kind of rolling toolbox ah. situation 
um yeah you know they're, they're definitely the things to have and people on instagram love them and they go crazy on like the foam cutouts and everything like it's some james bond movie you're opening up your favorite gun or something like that it's pretty intense <laughs> but they're handy yeah I, I find them really handy i only got one a few years ago a different brand but a similar sort of setup and especially i could imagine for hill sites like when you're trying to lug things up the side if you have to park way down the road it's awesome to have something on wheels you put everything you need in there for the day and then you only have to go to the truck or the car or whatever like once or twice a day pretty handy yeah i definitely um it doesn't even need to be a milwaukee pack out can be um the demo or a couple of the boys are on the aeg yeah and um i was yeah we're at the boss's house on friday we're doing his roof and i had my um, pack out there and the boss is um sitting there behind it he's like oh man this is actually really good construct like it's really built solid isn't it i was like mm. yeah and I, he's like how much was this and i was like is that wheel wheel um trolley one and i said oh that one was 275 dollars and he's like and the other printers is like i've got my whole aeg kit for that price and i was yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah i know i know but, <laughs> um i think yeah if you're gonna um definitely invest in a pack out of some sort like mm. i originally had um one of those big makita bags that you are kind of like the big um one that you put over your bit, um shoulder but it, i just it was too heavy mm. it was everything was getting damaged so i was like oh i seen it on sale at places and i was just like i'd seen there yeah, everyone was on instagram like this is what you can do. This is what um, yeah. you can build. This is to kind of modify it and stuff. So I was just like, I'll take the plunge and buy one. And it was probably one of the best decisions of um, tools that I've got. And then over Christmas, New Year's, I was like, oh, I'm going to make, I did think about the foam, but I was like, oh, just buying the foam. It's so expensive. <laughs> yeah. so I had some plywood. I had some plywood laying around. So I just chopped that up, put it into little, dividers yeah. just slide straight in and then all my tools are kind of i think i've got eight tools and the wheelie one and they're all standing up um they're nice to reach in and grab out so you don't need to spend mega bucks on um foam and you don't need to spend mega bucks on a milwaukee one either just but yeah going especially in wellington when you can't park in the driveway or there's a winding mm. street you need to park 100 meters away you just like pull it out of the back seat and you roll it down to site everything's in there um i think i've got a wheel one i've got a small one with all my batteries in it and charger and mm -hmm. the odd bits and pieces and then my other one's got all the other tools and another one with all just random drill bits mm -hmm. um, my 50 pencils that i've acquired uh, yeah, so yeah, far yeah. over nice. six months yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah but definitely um anyone yeah apprentice as well just invest in kind of yeah a good storage system because yeah your tools are your lifeline and you need to look after them yeah important and also just that whole idea i mean obviously you can afford what you can afford you know there are definitely like cheaper options in the pack out but if you were going to choose one then they have the most kind of uh modular things you can do with them when you get real fancy and you you're a big dog builder one day but um <laughs> when um just i think we'll probably end on this because it's starting to get dark for over here in new zealand but um yep when um when you're organized like that and everything's where it should be 
you're actually more efficient as well as an apprentice and you're more use. And when you roll up the site and you've got this kit and it doesn't have to be the flashes kit, but if it's everything's where it needs and, you know, if the boss tells you to go get this, that and the other thing and you can go and get it and come back within like, you know, seconds or minutes, it's like, oh yeah, you're doing good. You know, you're not walking to yeah. the van and taking your time and, oh, I don't even know where this usually stays and you're a mess. It's like, be organized. Mm be on time, have a good attitude. I think that's what we can take out of today's little yarn anyway. So yeah, cheers, bro. We'll wrap it up. Thanks for, thanks for sharing how it's been so far. Um, it, sounds no like problem. It's been, it sounds like it's been a fun six months for you. It's pretty exhilarating learning all this new stuff and it's cool seeing what you can do with your hands. It's pretty gratifying when you start to yeah. learn and it'll only get better for you, mate. I guarantee it. So um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll catch, we'll catch up again and, we'll see where you're at and have some more stories to tell. So yeah, again, thanks, Nick. Thanks for coming along and um, see you next time. Yeah, mate. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening, friends. If you enjoyed that episode and you're interested in following along with Nick on his journey to become a carpenter, then you can follow him on Instagram. His account is build more or one word lowercase with two o's and an r and an e build more nick moore what a lad it was really fun to catch up with nick Uh, i'm gonna try and do that every six months and as we go through it hopefully it becomes a point of reference for other apprentices out there to share an experience or to gain some knowledge general entertainment something people can relate to if you're going through or even have been through a building apprenticeship i hope it's valuable in that respect and i think i picked the right guy to do it with nick's good at sharing everything that's going on on site for him and also off site which is fun he makes some pretty cool content on his instagram page and shares his journey as an apprentice in a unique way. Enjoyed that one. It was a good one to start recording in 2021, kick off the podcast. I wouldn't say it's quite season two. I'm just going to keep rolling with the numbers, and who knows where I get to. Uh, Originally, I'd said I'm going to try and put out a podcast every fortnight in 2021, I want to immediately back away from that promise. I'm going to put out a podcast whenever I can. So that's all I can say. I really enjoy doing them. I enjoyed that one. That one was fun. I felt like someone might gain something from that podcast. If you have gained something from that podcast, then let me know. Let Nick know. Uh, I enjoyed... The bit right at the end where he gave out a few tips, just small practical things that can help along the way in the journey. So I wouldn't mind doing a more thorough job of that. And although myself personally, I don't really feel that I've had enough experience in the industry to say this is exactly what it takes to be successful as an apprentice, but there are some insider tricks i suppose 
some things that I learnt the hard way, maybe that others learnt the hard way. So maybe watch out for that in the future, an episode coming up with just a whole bunch of tips and tricks on how to crush your apprenticeship. Uh, And also just how to get it all started, maybe. I think it's not as difficult, scary as it may seem. Especially stepping into the culture in general. Tradies get painted a certain way and you'll find out pretty quickly that there's really two tradies alike. Which is fun. Makes for a fun working environment. So so yeah, sign up. 2021, especially in New Zealand, is the year to do it. Apprenticeships are free. A lot of tertiary education related to construction is free this year. I'm pretty sure the NZQA lists something like 250 plus available qualifications within the construction industry. A whole bunch of those are free this year. I would encourage anyone, whether you're a first year apprentice or a seasoned vet, there's something you don't know that you could learn this year for free that could improve your career, make you a better tradesperson, open up doors you didn't know existed. Education is the way forward in building a better industry and in general contributing to the work environment i think so back yourself go out there start an apprenticeship take up a further course of study if you're a qualified carpenter for any trade in fact there's a lot to do 2021 in new zealand there's plenty of opportunities so good luck for this year on your endeavours, wherever you may be, in contributing to the built environment. Oh, newsflash, I will be in Tamariki Makoto, Auckland City, from the 26th to the 28th of March. I'm going up there for construction reasons, and while I'm there, especially on Saturday the 27th, I have a whole free day and it would be pretty cool to do a podcast while I'm up there or to meet a whole bunch of tradies. So if you like food, beer and talking and you're in Auckland or the upper North Island and you're interested in Maybe even meeting a whole bunch of other like-minded individuals, or not, then I'm going to try and do a little get-together, or at least me and one other person doing a podcast while I'm in Auckland. That would be fun. That's the goals. Definitely don't have the street cred required to make it a big Instagram influencer moment, but would like to explore Auckland, would also like any recommendations from anyone up there of any places of architectural interest in Auckland. I like construction, I like buildings, I want to know where the cool ones are so I can take photos 
and stand next to them and touch them. Let me know if you're keen. You can hit me up on Instagram at chipawaycarpenter or send me an email, chipawaypodcast at gmail.com. And we could drink a beer in Auckland, talk about building. Oh yeah, we can do that. So, until next time, I bid you all the best for 2021 in whatever you're engaged in and extend my appreciation to all those involved in the construction industry who go out there every day, put the work in and contribute to the built environment. I appreciate it. So, again, until the next podcast, wherever that may be, whenever that may be, keep chipping away.